here's how this morning is going to work. Um, we, um, we believe that um, amidst our story, part of our story, which we're going to hear this morning, morning is going to, is pushes us towards recognizing something. That the, the world is broken, right? So it doesn't matter if you're five in here or like 500. It doesn't matter where you are on that spectrum. You know the world's broken, right? Because sometimes you come home and you don't want to do homework. And sometimes you come home and you don't want to help with homework, right? Wherever you are on that spectrum, sometimes we recognize, a lot of times we recognize the world, it's not the way that it, it's supposed to be. Things are broken. Things hurt physically. It's, emo- it's just not the way it's supposed to be. And because of that, in in understanding all of that, we also know that in our story, again, which we're going to hear about, there's also beautiful glimpses. Sometimes we get get to see something where it's like, wow, that's really, really cool. Even though the world's broken, there's moments where we see where it's not broken, and it's really, really awesome. And what we call this is we call this a redemption window. We call this a glimpse into seeing something that's still there, but we can still see the beauty of what it is. And most times, more times than not, it's when the world around us, whether they're Christians or not, they call something good, and, and then God at the same time, according to scripture, calls something good. So an example of this would be sport. So we would believe that God calls basketball good, right? Calls football good. It's, a, it's, it's fun to sweat and compete, and that's great. But at the same time, even though there's brokenness in that, you watch it, you get excited, we're like, Like, oh, this is crazy. Nick Foles catching a pass and a touchdown. You're like beating the Patriots. It's amazing, Um, right? But but amidst all of that, we call it good, but so does the world. And that's a redemption window. Well, something at Redemption Church that we believe is a redemption window is art. We believe the world can look at art and go, wow. But we also believe God designed us in such a way to go, wow. He made us to make things. And some of you are terrible at art, okay? And you in this moment get to sit back. I in this moment get to sit back and go, wow, like someone can do that. I could not do that. And so when you walked in this morning, what you saw over the last three years, uh, the the paintings that were in the background were, were the three artists that we took in the month of October since we've planted Redemption Peoria. We took a Sunday to walk us through the story of God. And there's three sections of paintings. So you saw Emery Newhall all the way to the left, Alethea Birch in the middle, soon to be O'Lear, and then all the way to the right was Ren Martin. And as we saw these paintings, you're going to see right in the front, there was these pictures. It it was uh, uh, photos. And that's actually how we're going to tell the story this morning. So we're going to go through the entire story of God. So if you guys can, help me welcome Della to the stage. Della, you want to come up here? Okay, so you guys, can you see? Steve, you guys good over here? Holly, can you see? You all right? All right, cool. Um... We can bring that over for you too. So here, here's, let's start this. I'll bring it over. Why don't you stay over here and I'll bring that over so you can um, stand. Why don't you start, why don't you start telling us, and I'll pull that over while you do, um, who you are. Where were you born, just so we know a little bit about you. Okay. Um, so I was born in California, but I moved to Montana when I was about two or three. I grew up there. It's a beautiful place. If you guys have never been there, I would highly recommend visiting. Um, it's kind of like living in a postcard. Everywhere that you look is just green and mountains and um, just it's God's country for for real, and mm. so I think that really shaped um, my the way I view the world and the way I, I look at it. I, I was raised to really appreciate nature and appreciate um, 
this beautiful gift that God has given us of um, landscapes and um, just, just beautiful things. So I kind of brought that mentality with me when I, you know, moving to a city. It's a little bit harder to see things that are just beautiful like that. We don't live in a postcard here necessarily. <laughs> what? There's buildings and, you know, traffic and all these things. So um, I just really continue to ask God to give me eyes to see and um, just kind of a, a heart to to continue to recognize the things that are, are beautiful and that he's made. Um, That's good. Have you always been into photography? Yeah, I've been interested in it since I was little. Actually, I, when I was uh, probably about five, I saw National Geographic, and I said, that's, that's what I want to do. Oh, that's awesome. So. I didn't know that before. Okay. Okay, so um, we're going to go through the story, and we're going to put your photos up here, and her pictures are, uh, her, her photos are in the, uh, the lobby right now, and you guys can see them afterwards. But before we do, um, no, no, don't, don't ruin it yet. It's okay. That's right. Um, here. So here's, here, before we get to the, the, the story, I actually asked if we can start with this photo right here. You took this photo, and um, it just looks like it is. It's like, okay, cool. It's stars and a satellite. Of course, that's me not appreciating it. Um, explain why this photo is really, really cool, because it's going to kind of set the theme for the way that you have seen the story of God. So this photo was taken uh, at the Owens Valley uh, Radio Observatory in Bishop, California. I did a, a class up there. And um, the, the, you have to kind of set up this, the photography beforehand, before it actually gets dark, to um, kind of train the, the focus of the camera onto the horizon so that it stays clear. Um, and when you're out there, you can see stars, but you don't get to see the, the Milky Way. This is the Milky Way. So... When you're looking at it at night, all you see is just stars. You don't see any of the colors. You don't see the, the galaxy, really. So um, this takes a really long shutter. Uh, open, you have to have the shutter open for a really long time. And so there's a lot of patience that's involved. And I really didn't even know what the photo was going to look like until I brought it into my computer later on, and I was just amazed. I, I, there's no Photoshop, and this is exactly what it looks like. But you cannot see that with your naked eye. And so it just really, it kind of forces you to slow down and to be intentional, um, to kind of, to wait for it. And yeah, the, so slow down. That's the, that's the theme, I think. So to be clear, if we would have walked to that same exact spot where the camera was and we would have looked out to the stars, we would not have seen that. No, you just would have seen a smattering of stars, but not any of the colors, not the clusters, none of that. Just, just twinkles, that's all. Excellent. Because I, I wanted you guys, and that's the reason I had asked her to start with this photo before we get to the story, because I think as we, she's chosen to use landscape art in her photography to, to walk us through the story this morning, and I think that was a great segue in understanding the theme of this is going to be what you can see if you slow down. If you slow down, and through photography, you, you afford us this. So, uh, you don't have to put the picture up yet. I, I want to wait, and even though they've seen everything at this point, it's a pointless. We'll start second service. Um, so, so I, here's, here this, here's how it's going to work. I'll, I'll walk us through. We believe that the story of God is broken up into four sections. You've actually seen six symbols um, out in the, by the Connectus. You've probably been wondering what they were. So, we believe there's creation fall, redemption, restoration. 
Now, after creation and fall, it's the story of Israel. So you'll see an arrow pointing us towards redemption. And after redemption, it's the story of the church. It's where we are now pointing us towards restoration. Adela is going to walk us through four pictures. And so what we start with is we start with creation. So let me set up creation here. Um, I'm going to read for each one a verse for us to process going to Adela and a quote from somebody that is super helpful in this. So let me read to you Revelation 4.11. If you read Genesis 1 and 2, you you would process this. It's not going to be on the screen, so you just have to listen. Worthy are you, O Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. So God made all things. Listen to what Kuiper says, Abraham Kuiper. Creation was fashioned by God, fashioned with life that surges in its bosom, fashioned with the powers that lie dormant in its womb. Yet lying in there, it displayed but half of its beauty. Do you understand what he's saying? So God made creation, and there's, there's beauty in there, but it's half. It's still tucked away. Listen to what he says. Uh, it displayed but half its beauty. Now, however, God crowns it with creation, with all of humanity, who awakens its life, arouses its powers, and with human hands brings to light the glory that once lay locked in the depths but it had not shown on its uh, countenance. So God makes all things creation and he makes the stars and he makes the, the clouds and the trees. And in making all these things, it's now man's job to bring to fruition the fulfillment of what's going on. So amidst making all of that and all of that's beauty, Adela, walk us through how you got where you are with creation. I put your notes over there if you need them on that, uh, that deal over there. So go ahead. You can, show, you can throw up that first picture if you want, Eric. So... Uh, this photo was taken um, in um, Mammoth, California. There's a, a higher falls, Rainbow Falls, and then this is the lower falls. I came upon this, and it was just the sound of the water the rushing. It was just so intense, and I just was struck by how the water was just cutting right through these huge boulders. It just really made me think of, of creation, of God being able to just manifest this and and that's what he wanted to create for us this gift for us to enjoy and there it is and I actually was so intrigued I had to climb out onto the rocks and kind of risk my life a little bit just like yeah it's good you know but it was just it was so um it just really drew me in and it just reminds me of a painting I mean even just standing there looking at it when I was there it looked like a painting and I just kept thinking you know God's, God's an artist. He's the ultimate artist. He created everything, everything we see. And he didn't have the kind of training that, you know, some of us have, but it's just, it, it's easy to see his artwork, his creation everywhere. Um, I love the contrasting elements, the, the stone, um, you know, the water, just it's kind of, everything is, is there, all the pieces of. Yeah. Did, is this Photoshopped? No, none of them are. How did you do this? Because it looks photoshopped. So the water, (laughs) the water is, uh, the smoothness of it is because it's a slow shutter speed. And so when you have a fast shutter speed, it kind of freezes the image. When you have a show shut, slow, wow, I can Uh talk. Slow shutter speed, it it makes it look really um, just smooth and kind of milky. And so, you know, the rocks are stationary, obviously, and the water is, is rushing quickly. So... That's how, yeah. that's why it looks like that. It's amazing because um, you could almost argue God who's outside of time sees water this way whenever he wants, right? And that's another thing that kind of struck me. It was just the difference of our understanding of God's time versus 
his actual, you know, the way he made the earth and how many days it took. And we have this understanding, oh, well, a day is this much time to us. But to him, you know, who knows? And it just yeah. kind of, that spoke to me of his ability to just make it so. Yeah, that's good. You had a verse you wanted to share in this, right? Yeah, so um, Psalm 95, 4 and 5 kind of stood out to me. Um, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed to the dry land. Mm. And so I just really felt like that kind of went with this, this image and this idea of um, just, yeah. yeah. I love it. It's good. Um, okay, so as beautiful as this is, the story doesn't end there, right? Like, if it did, it'd be great. Um, but what we have in Genesis 1 and 2 here is eventually Genesis 3, and the world breaks. There's a cracking in the way that things are supposed to be, and that's what we talked about earlier. It feels like everything is laborious. It feels like everything we try, something's holding us back. Let me read something to you. It's from Romans chapter 5, verse 12, and it speaks to the fact of uh, the implications of sin, how deep it truly is uh, when this happened. And if you're not familiar with the story, Adam and Eve, you could argue, maybe are seeing water like this. God, like It's beautiful. There's not, nothing that's breaking their vision and seeing this in uh, uh, time, not uh, forming them in such a way that they, they only see a snapshot of it. But they choose not God. That's the story. That's the narrative we believe. They choose not God. And when they choose not God, it's hard to see this naturally. We need something else to help us see this. And when they choose not God, things break apart. And, and, and so we see all the shattering of this. And so sin enters in. This is what Romans 5.12 tells us, even affecting our own humanity. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, death through sin, all the, uh, uh, in this all men die because all have sinned. So now to the point of us even experiencing death. So in Genesis 3, two words can sum up Genesis 3. Sin and death. That's what we see. That's our story. That is why everything is the way that it is in the broken uh, areas of our life. And this is uh, something from Al Walters. He says this, we see that the fall affects the whole range of the earthly creation. That sin is a parasite on, not a part of, creation, and that to the degree that it affects the whole earth, sin profanes all things, making them worldly, secular, earthly. Consequently, every area of the created world cries out for redemption and is coming to the kingdom of God. So he describes it as a parasite. So something beautiful like this or something beautiful on a ladybug or a tree or humanity, something grabs on us and begins to affect who we are. That is what sin does. That is what brokenness is. That's the fall. So Dallas, why don't you walk us, uh, walk us through uh, why you chose this picture? So... This, um, this landscape, first of all, uh, it's around this lake, and there's a lot of carbon um, dioxide. Carbon dioxide? I'm not sure. Whatever. Yeah. It's coming out of the ground, and it's like destroyed all these trees. They're all just bent over. It's this really eerie landscape. And I saw this, this rock, and I just I thought, wow, it looks like it's supposed to be one piece. Like it, you could picture that it would be actually together. And something occurred that now it's, it's severed but it's still kind of maintaining that whole shape. And it just really struck me like that's God's plan for us is to be whole with him, to be united, to be together. Um, but because of Adam and Eve's choice, there now is this separation. There's this brokenness. And, um, you know, I don't think that it's that we can't, we can't get back to it. I mean, it's not that the rock is disintegrated. It's just there's this separation going on. And that really stood out to me the most is just yeah. not, not being whole anymore. That's good. You chose a verse with this as well, right? Yeah, this one is um, Genesis 3, 6. 
When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Mm. And the thing that stood out about that scripture to me the most was just the choosing. You know, God gave us free will. Um, that was, that was a, I don't, for, for those of you that are parents, it's, that's a, a gift of love to, to give your parents or your, to give your children the right to, to make choices that might be wrong and you, you guide them through that and you kind of train them and go, no, not that way, this way. And I just think that it's really, um, the whole point of that is that we, we did exercise our free will and we chose something that wasn't him, but that was his plan. He already had factored that all into everything. Yeah, that's good. So the world's broken. Maddie, good. Like the picture? Thumbs up? Thumbs up. Excellent. Um, so here it is. And this is like, you went like gray before it was all colorful. Was that intentional? Yeah, I, I, I definitely felt like it needed to be black and white to just kind of bring out that, that starkness, that, that, yeah. that kind of contrast. It's not, a, it's not meant to be like, oh, it's a beautiful picture. It's, it's kind of like, man, there's, there's yeah, some heaviness gloomy. there. Okay, that's good. All right, so let's keep going. I know it's getting hot in here. Um, we cannot figure out the air conditioning at Centennial. They either want to freeze us out in an Arctic cooler <laughs> or turn on the heater for us. Um, Okay, so going from here, if there was four pictures, so we have creation, we have fall. Before we get to redemption, um, we have this like long period in your Bibles. And it's our story, but a lot of us don't even know what to do with it, right? I mean, it's from like Genesis 4 all the way to Malachi. It's prophets, people prophesying, laying on their side for 30 days, like people running with chariots. It's just weird. It's just a weird time. Now, it makes sense in story. So if you just close your eyes and point to a verse out of Isaiah, you're going, I have no idea what's going on. It's meant to be read as a narrative. It's the the story of the people of Israel. The same way we can uh, chronologically understand the story of America uh, through a nationalistic lens, this is the story of God's people through his providence. And so they they, uh, take some on, and the world, um, at that time, specifically what we get in the people of Israel is feeling this. So as you read the stories, and some, take something like Elijah, these people, these teenagers, make fun of Elijah because he's bald. And so he calls a bear out to eat them. And you're going, what was that? What just happened right now? Like, was that okay? Did God want that to happen? It's mixed. You're, you're just reading through and you go, why is this story like this? Because of this, because the world's broken and the people of Israel aren't acting the way they're supposed to. They're trying to, there's glimpses of hope, there's brokenness, it's just a mess. All the while, here's what they're doing. They're hoping. They're hoping that one day it's not going to be like this anymore. That one day there's going to be something that shines through the darkness and gives us hope that's beyond just this temporal. There's, there's light there. There's something beyond that. So let me read two verses or a verse for you and then share something from Isaac Watts. Uh, this is from Ephesians verse one, verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 7 through 10. We just went through this, right? In him we have redemption through his blood. This is talking about Jesus. So we're in brokenness. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. Everyone's wondering, God, are you going to fix this? God, are you going to fix this? God, are you going to fix this? It's a mystery. But here we go. Listen, according to, the, uh, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So God is saying in this moment, I know the world's broken. I know homework's not easy. I know work's not easy. I know this family dynamic, this relational dynamic, creation is just struggling. I get it. 
but through my son's blood, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. And it's through that story. And this is exactly what Isaac Watts says uh, in an extremely famous song that you would all be aware of. No, one, uh, no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. Far as, far as, far as the curse is found. So as deep as this brokenness goes, even in your own heart, you're like, even now you're like, kids in here won't stop talking. That's sin, bro. That's sin. You got sin in your heart. As far and as deep as that goes, as far as that curse goes, grace goes further. And so we get this in Jesus Christ's redemption. Della, walk us through what you chose for this. So <clears throat> this tree looks dead, right? There's no, no leaves, there's no nothing. just looks dead, but it's actually probably about three or 4,000 years old. It's found in the Bristlecone Pine Forest in California. And I just... Um, and it's alive. It's alive, yeah. It looks extremely it dead. It totally looks dead, but it's, it's totally not dead. Uh, Methuselah, if anybody's ever heard of that, that's another tree that's in that area, and it's even older. So this landscape is just arid. There's no, all the plants are really low. There's no, I mean, this is it. And, and, and it just, it was a moment, you know. I was walking around in this landscape and looking at all these trees and taking pictures, and then I just kind of, there's this moment where the sun is lined up just perfectly, and, and that, that flare, that solar flare, which is not photoshopped either. It's also just camera, just setting, settings on your camera. It just, it, just, it just kind of warmed my heart, just made me feel like, like reminds me of the Proverbs scripture, you know, God make his face shine on you. It just reminded me of how he takes things that are broken and, and seem dead, and he breathes his life into them. He breathes his spirit into them and renews them. And that really... It's kind of the sense that I got when I was, in, especially in the moment of, of being there and having that light to shine on me. And the, the sunbeams aren't Photoshop. No. No, so the way that you do it is you, you take your, your aperture, the opening of your camera, and you turn it way, way down. So it's this tiny, tiny little beam. It's only letting in a little bit of sunlight. Because otherwise it would be yeah. really bright and you wouldn't be able to see anything. It would be blinded like I was staring yeah. at the sun. Yeah, yeah. Worth it. It was yeah. worth it, definitely. <laughs> you chose a verse for this as well? So this verse is um, Isaiah 44, 22 through 23. It says, I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. And like a cloud your sins. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains. O forest and every tree in it. The Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified Israel. Mm. Now, if, if a tree could rejoice, mm. that tree looks like it's rejoicing to me. That's really good. Yeah. I love that amidst, um, it's almost like it's feeling the brokenness of the fall, but there's life throbbing to grow from it. That's crazy. That's mm. amazing. Um, okay, so we have this uh, photo. Again, these are all in the lobby. Um, from here, what we know about our story, I have to sneeze. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> true story side note i was with my mom a couple weeks ago and if you can't which you can't sneeze in front of jehovah's witnesses or if you do you can't say god bless you fyi it's very awkward if you do um they will tell you why you shouldn't um where are we at oh we're in the story okay so okay so so we have creation we have fall 
We have the story of Israel bringing us to redemption, right? And I love, the reason I really like this photo in, when it comes to redemption is there's life, but it doesn't look like it, right? And that is, I tell me, tell me believers in the room, right? Tell me that is not what you feel like every day. Like, I know there is hope. I know there is life here, but man, I don't feel it. I feel like there's just deadness. I feel like you're not there. There's a separation. We call this the already not yet. That Christ has already come. There is life. We get to experience and walk as new citizens of the kingdom of God, even now, but it's not full. It's not complete. There's still parts of brokenness amidst all that. And that's why I love the, the selection for this, because that's exactly what I see when I see this tree, right? Well, as you look at the connectus, you'll see those symbols again, and there's going to be another arrow, and that's the, the, the church. So it goes creation, fall, the people of Israel pushes us to redemption. From redemption, the arrow, the church pushes us to restoration. So we live in this in-between time. And what restoration is, is not this, it's a completion. It's this tree fully thriving. It doesn't look dead. Not only is it not dead, as it's, there's life in there, but now it shows. Now we see it. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's something beyond what we can expect. What he's doing is he's restoring things back to the way that they are. Let me share a verse with you in this from Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. Listen to what he says. And this, the wording is important. It's nuanced, but if you can hear it, listen to it. It says this, the kingdom of God does not mean... Oh, I'm sorry, that's uh, Anthony Okuma. That's the quote I'm going to read. This is verse 5. That's not the Bible. Don't listen to that. Um, and he who is seated on the throne said, behold... I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Listen to what he said. He didn't say, I am making all new things. Did you hear that? I'm taking, I'm wiping the slate clean, and I'm making all new things. Earth, you had your chance. We lost it in Genesis 3. We're done. But you know what? We'll start over. And this new heaven and this new earth will be just a whole new creation. That's not what he's saying. Listen, listen again. Who is seated? Behold, I am making all things new. So everything that's broken will be put back to the way that it is. This protos is where we get our word prototype from. It's this first, this remaking, this restoring of the way that it's supposed to be. And hear this. This is important because even though we, we feel like we're dead, the p- back part of that verse is so important. Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Bet. Bet. Adela got it, thank you. Trying to show the hood, okay? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I guarantee, write it down. Write it down. It's trustworthy and true. He'll restore all things. And I know you don't feel like he won't, but he will. Listen to this from Anthony Hokema, what I started to read. It says this, The kingdom of God does not mean merely the salvation of certain individuals, nor even the salvation of a chosen group of people. It means nothing less than the complete renewal of the entire cosmos, culminating in the new heaven and the new earth. So one day, things will be brought back. Labor will no longer be difficult. Labor will no longer be difficult. Parenting, schoolwork, it's going to be restored. It's going to be made new. So Della... Walk us through why you chose the photo you did. So this photo was taken down the street from my mom and dad's house. They live in uh, just outside of Bozeman, Montana. And um, I'm kind of one of those weird photographers that catches good light and I throw myself out of the car and go (laughs) running to the field because it's beautiful and and the moment's going to be lost. Um, Obviously, wheat is, to me, it's beautiful. um, But it just, this really spoke to me of just abundance. Um, 
there's, there's a scripture about, you know, I have life and have it abundantly. And, and I don't mean it like the Joel Olstein, your best mm. life now kind of thing. I do. But more God's desire for us. His, his, his heart for us is that, is that things would be restored. That, that the brokenness that is present in the world, that, it, that ultimately it's not going to be like that. And, and it's so much bigger than just us individually. It's not just, oh, you know, you, your leg won't hurt or, you know, you won't be sick or whatever. Just everything. Everything being, like you said, renewed. The, the entire situation. Um, so it's just reminded me of, you know, the harvest and kind of a, like a, a garden analogy. Uh, a gardener, there's certain things that they have to do to make sure that, they're, that they, they bring a yield. You can't just not water it and not weed it and not do fertilizer. There, there's things that we're required to do. We need to be good stewards with what we've been given and to, to, to bring a harvest. Um, I love that. Yeah, because that field symbolizes... Tons of work prior in the fulfillment of what it was. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you have a verse that even ties a little bit with your testimony a little bit. And it's a famous verse, which we're all familiar with. We talked about this on the phone. Walk us through why you chose yeah. this. And... So Jeremiah 29, 11, um, Classic. For I, <laughs> for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope, a future and a hope. And we kind of talked about how this gets taken out of context a lot and gets put on coffee mugs and it's, you know... Like, that's why I brought the Joel Olstein thing. Like, it's just something that people kind of say. But for me in particular, this, this scripture is, is so much my, my, my journey. There have been so many times in my life where nothing around me, nothing in my life showed me that there was going to be a future or a hope. Whether it was decisions I was making, um, things that I was allowing other people to do to me or around me that was creating this environment of just desperation and brokenness and um, kind of running from God. And so this scripture is something that I have really stood on. And, and it's, at times it's the only thing I had to give me hope, to remind me that, that he did have a plan for me, that there was a future, that, that, that if I just continued to believe that, that that promise was real and true, that I would come out on the other side of it and, and be wiser and, and hopefully have a better understanding of what he wanted me to do and to be. Well, I do love this contextually in Jeremiah 29. We, you know, we have joked around about this a million times. But here's the people. They're told this declaration amidst suffering, being capt- uh, uh, captive in Babylon. And it's almost like, you're going to go through this, but I have this, this plan. And I feel like in a lot of ways, this is pushing towards the restoration of all things. Like, we, here we are as exiles, but I have a plan. I, I have this, this hope and, and it's beautiful. It's restored. And even to the point, if you can go back to the picture, Eric, what I love about this, and this is my favorite, not that the others aren't great, but this is my favorite, um, is the layers to it. Like, I just feel like, like there's such a beauty to this extent. And then there's this trees and then there's these mountains in the back and then there's the sky and who don't like beyond that, like it's like layer after layer. And this is going to be continued uh, to be revealed to us uh, through the revelation of God for all of eternity, never ending. And I think there's something awesome to that. Um, so yeah, that's well, really and, good. And it- you know, when I was younger, I would, I would read scriptures about struggle and, you know, think, oh, great, you know, that's really encouraging. You're, I'm going to struggle. Awesome. But the older that I get, the more that I feel, like, kind of um, hopeful, actually, when I read scriptures about you will struggle because then I know that my life's on track and God's plan is everything's, everything's just as it's supposed to be. And that's good. That's good. 
Okay, so let me talk just real quick to the kids, okay, because this is going to be important, all right? If you're 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you know, 23, wherever you are, um, this is going to be real important for you to know, okay? The story that you're going to hear for the rest of your life is not always going to be this story. Do you understand? The, 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 thank you. That's, that's the epitome of an amen, and that's more than I've gotten all year. Thank you. What's up? Let's do this family Sunday more often. Okay? So, so he, here's what it is. Your, your classmates, your, 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 maybe even your friends, and when you get older, your friends, and when you get older, maybe people you go to school with and people eventually you work with, they're not going to believe this story. They're going to say there's a different story, that we're, make, that we're crazy, that God would make all things. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a God. And that the reason we feel sin and hurt and brokenness, that we're sad when things happen. Oh, I'm sure that's because two people, Adam and Eve, they made a mistake. And they're going to say your story's crazy, but this is important. This is what you need to know. In the middle of wondering and questioning, and it's not going to be easy all the time, that you, you can know at the core of who you are, this story is true. And in the end, God will prove it to be so. Meaning, this is what I mean, that right now it feels like, oh, I don't know if this story is true. That one day you'll get to see fields like this endlessly. You'll know that it's true. It will happen. And here's how we can know, because God wrote it down for us. You're going to forget when you're 11, and you're going to forget when you're 12, and you're going to forget when you're 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60. You're going to forget. And just like a note on the refrigerator saying, hey, don't do this, or hey, don't forget about this. God has given us this note to say, remember, it's trustworthy, it's true. Remember, this is the story we live into, and that's not just for the kids. This is our story as believers. He will return, he will restore all things. We live in this time where we feel like it's not always true, but believe that it is. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. We stop and we are filled with gratitude to know that you've called us to know this story to be true. There are so many of our family members and our classmates and our coworkers and our friends and our neighbors who don't know this story. And if they do, Satan has blinded their eyes to not believe it. But here we sit and, and, and we get to say we believe in this story and we're filled with gratitude. Thank you for that. Lord, we stop and we want to say as a congregation how grateful we are for Della. Thank you for using her to show us a different way to see this story. We read it on scripture and it's so bland at times, but thank you for her. Thank you for the way that you've gifted her, the way that you created her, her mind, her eye, the, the, the way to see things, creation. It's unbelievably beautiful and we're so grateful for that. Thank you for her. We pray that you would be with us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.